Hello, welcome to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and I am back here today with Thomas Smith. Uh, we're talking about the NFL Draft once again. I had him on a few episodes ago to talk about the NFL Combine. We talked about some guys who performed well at the Combine and some guys who did not perform so well. Um, and we also went through the first round a little bit, looked at some picks on the Tankathon Mock Draft. Um, so today we're going to be talking about this year's quarterback class. Um, this is a very exciting quarterback class, very interesting, some polarizing, uh, prospects in this year's quarterback group. Uh, but we're going to talk about some of the prospects, go in depth on them. Um, I think we can also talk about, you know, like where we expect them to go in the draft, where we think they should go and then kind of like talk about where this class stacks up historically with some of the classes that we've seen over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, how you been, Thomas? How you been doing? Hey, man, I've been good. I feel a lot lighter these days. Hadn't gotten a haircut in two years, and here we are, a changed man. Got a haircut the other day. It was pretty remarkable, the amount of hair on the floor. Yeah. yeah. It, it's crazy seeing you without long hair. I know, man. My hair had gotten down to like where it was almost to my mid-back, and now it's just like super short. I like it, though. Yeah. It looks really good short. I know they can't see it, but their listeners can't see it, but I think it looks really, really good. Yeah. Just take our word for it. Yeah, just take our word for it. All right, we'll go ahead and dive into the quarterbacks this year. Um, and I think we can talk about the two guys who I think have kind of become the consensus top two quarterbacks in this year's draft for most people. Um, and I guess we can start with the guy that's probably going to be the number one overall pick this year. CJ Stroud. Yeah. What are your thoughts about CJ Stroud? I really like CJ Stroud. If I had to make a rankings, I don't really have like quarterback rankings right now. I feel like this class is kind of hard to like rank. Oh yeah. There's like, they're just all different. Um, I feel like I could definitely do it in like tiers. Uh, but to me, Stroud is probably my QB one. I really like the size, you know, he's six, three, he's over 200 pounds. You know, he's definitely has that advantage over Bryce young. Who's another guy who's talked about in the same realm. Um, I just like how accurate he is as a passer to me, the most accurate passer in this class. Um, he's just a super quick processor. He's very technically sound. I just, he does a lot of things really well. He doesn't have a lot of bad tape. Um, I know like one concern was like, what can he do like extending plays? Cause that I think is definitely where Bryce has the one up on him. Cause like Bryce's like strong suit is just how he can, you know, make broken down plays into something like really magical. Like he can just, he's so good at extending plays, you know, moving around in the pocket, outside of the pocket, just extending the play. Uh, where Stroud like didn't really show a lot of that until kind of later in this season. I feel like he did a good job about that in like the Michigan game, even though they lost, and then like really showed the whole world like, hey, I can do this too in like the Georgia game in the semifinal. So honestly, like this year to me, the Michigan game and the Georgia game, which are the only two games he lost this season, were actually his like better games tape wise on the year. Yeah, I like CJ Stroud a lot as well. Um, I know during the season, there were a lot of people kind of like questioning um, him as a prospect. I know the guys at PFF were really souring on him. Like I I know on the NFL Stock Exchange podcast, 
with Trevor Sikama and Connor Rogers, there was one point when they were talking about Stroud possibly falling outside of the top 10. Yeah. Um, and there are reasons why. Like, his production did fall off mm-hmm. a little bit this year. Um, this year, he had a PFF grade of 88.9, uh, which is really good. Um, but there were some issues. Like, his accuracy wasn't as great. Yeah. This year, he had a he had an on-target throw rate of 72.8%. Mm-hmm. Last year, that was 79%. Oh, wow. So, it fell off a little bit. That's also why his completion percentage fell off a little bit it decreased by around six per, uh six points mm-hmm. which is a pretty big drop off um and there were some other other concerns with his profile yeah i think a lot of the problems that the guys on the stock exchange podcast had with him was just like how he performed like under pressure oh just yeah. like when he was being pressured and like this was like early this season and i felt like this happened a lot last season he just did not perform very well under pressure like when there were was a guy like coming in his face just like it was not um he he just didn't have the like escapability like Bryce Young does and so he just I, I think that was like a lot of the reason why they weren't really in love with him as much as they love Bryce Young yeah like his so I'm looking at his um his PFF profile profile right now his PFF grade under pressure this year was 42 and Got all quarterback prospects, their PFF grade under pressure is going to be pretty low. Like, you look at, like, CJ Stroud as a PFF grade with a clean pocket is 93.4. Yeah. Which is what you're normally going to see from, like, a first-round prospect. Or really, most prospects in general are going to have PFF grades in the 90s when the pocket is clean. Yeah. Um, and when it's under pressure, really good prospects are usually, like, in the 60s. Yeah. Um, so 42 is low. And 42 is the worst mark we've seen of quarterback pros- or from quarterback prospects going back to the 2019 draft. Okay. So that's really, really low. And, and, and I think a reason why he struggles under pressure is because he's not super mobile. Sure. I don't think he's a statue. Like, I think his mobility is pretty underrated. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've seen plenty of games where he does utilize his legs. Um, he doesn't, you know, he's not as good at extending plays as, like, Bryce Young is. Sure. Or Anthony Richardson. But... I think he can do it, and he showed it against Georgia. But I don't think that's the only game where he showed that he can use his legs. I think that's the game where he definitely used his mobility the most. Mm-hmm. Um, another issue that we saw with him this season was um, his ability to throw like in the intermediate parts of the field. His PFF passing grade on medium throws was was seventy five point three, which is a bit low. Yeah. Um. I think, and, and I think like. Those are two areas that are really important for quarterback prospects and quarterback evaluation. Your ability to, you know, operate under pressure and your ability to attack the intermediate parts of the field. Yeah. So I think those are reasons why people kind of were lower on him during the season. But I think there are reasons to love C.J. Stroud. Mm -hmm. I thought the tape was really good. Yeah. I really like him on tape. Um, One thing that he does extremely well, he is phenomenal at – um, navigating the pocket and avoiding sacks, like his pressure to sack rate for his two seasons at Ohio State or his two seasons where he, where he was a full-time starter were great. Yeah. Um, he is so good at avoiding sacks, moving up within the pocket, 
Um, I think that's one of his biggest strengths. I think he's accurate. I know his accuracy was, was you know, kind of fell off a little bit this year, but last year it was great. And I think on tape, you see elite accuracy, elite, elite ball placement. Mm-hmm. You see it consistently. Um, and I think last year he was awesome. Like his profile last year was great. Last year in 2021, he had a PFF rate of 92.2, an on-target throw rate of 79%, which is really, really good. His pressure to sack rate was 10.8%, which is awesome. Like that's one. That's like like any elite mark. And then you look at these other areas that we were talking about, like his um, PFF passing grade on medium throws last season was 93.2, which was a big jump up from where it was this year. And then his uh, PFF grade under pressure last year was 67 which is what you'd like to see from a guy who is going to be a top five pick this year. Um, And and that's pretty good. So I think, like, you look at what he did last year, and I think that's a big issue. A lot of people are looking at prospects and just what they did in their final season. And I think you can't do that. Yeah. And I'm going to get into that with another another prospect coming, uh, coming up here in a little bit. But I think looking at Stroud, when you look at what he did last season, you look at the tape, you, you look at his career production, um, and you look at everything, like, I think you're looking at a really good player. And because of what he did last year in these key areas, like under pressure, on intermediate throws, you know, I, the fact that he's so good at avoiding sacks, I think all, and, and he's accurate, like, I think all of that makes him a really good prospect and allows me to overlook his production from this season. Um, I really like CJ Stroud. Um, I do think he has a li- limited ceiling because he isn't super mobile. Sure. Um, he, he isn't going to be a high-level runner. He wasn't yeah. in college, and I don't think we can expect that from him in the NFL. And I think he's got, you know, decent physical tools, but maybe not elite physical tools. Like, sure. I don't think he has any elite arm. Uh, but I do think it's it's good. Like, it's fine. Like, I, I don't think that there are, like, I don't really have any concerns there. He's not, he is not this guy coming out, but just to kind of have like a comp. I feel like Joe Burrow is like a similar style of play to him where they're like, they're both not like super mobile guys. They mm-hmm. navigate the pocket really well, super accurate, just like quick processors. I just feel like Joe Burrow and CJ Stroud are kind of like in the similar yeah. mold, mm-hmm. but just like CJ Stroud in like a less, much lesser. Yeah. Like Joe was like uh, just different coming out. No, I agree. I think I think that's a solid cop. I think like CJ Stroud is a light, a light version of Joe Burrow. Yeah, it's like Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow Jr. Joe Burrow like, or had, Joe Burrow light. Yeah, yeah, like Joe Burrow, and they're much different because like coming out, Joe Burrow was twenty three. Yeah. Um, but and I think he was just a machine yeah. at LSU. Like his tape was ridiculous oh, at yeah. LSU. His numbers were off the charts. Like. They were so good that, like, you were able to overlook the fact that he was 23 and mm-hmm. that he really broke out around that age. Yeah. Um, I don't think Stroud is quite the machine in terms of his accuracy um, and his decision-making yeah, and his no, processing. I, and I definitely agree. Like, he's not—he <laughs> is not, like, the same as Joe Burrow coming yeah. out. Joe was just different. Yeah. I just, like, feel like that is, like, a similar mold, yeah. I guess. Like, he's like Joe Burrow— Diet Joe Burrow. I would agree. I think they have some similar traits. Yeah. I don't. I think. I don't think he's quite as skilled as Joe Burrow, but I think they do have similar strengths. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I like C.J. Stroud. Um, 
I, I think he's a really good prospect. I think at, at times this season, people were really underrating him. I like him a lot. I've heard comps. I've heard people comp him to like Jared Goff. Yeah. Um, I think he's more mobile than And Goff. I think he's more mobile than Jared Goff. I've also heard Dak Prescott, and I kind of like that. I don't hate that either. I kind of like that yeah. comp. Um, I'm not quite sure he's as mobile as Dak. No. Um, Dak actually doesn't really use his legs as he much as he could yeah. in the NFL. Um, but I, I can see that. Like, I, 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 I think that's a decent comp. Um, and honestly, like that's, that's probably worth the number one overall pick. Yeah. So I like that comp. I like CJ Stroud a lot. Um, I, I'm not quite sure I would have traded all that the Panthers traded oh, to yeah, get CJ Stroud if he's the guy they're going after. Yeah. Uh, but I do like him as a prospect and I think, I think he's really, really good. I like him a lot. Where would you like, how would you feel if they took like a guy like Richardson, which I guess we can get into next, like what we like about Anthony Richardson, but like... Because I know we both like him, and he definitely, to me, has a higher ceiling than Stroud. Yeah. Um, he probably has the highest ceiling out of all the quarterbacks. Yeah, I'd actually love to talk about Bryce first. Okay. And then get in, and then talk about Richardson and, and Will Levis together. Okay, that's Because I think, though, I think Richardson and Levis are kind of paired together in people's minds. Sure, yeah. Um, but for Bryce Young, like Bryce, he's so interesting. Yeah. Fascinating prospect because... On tape, he's phenomenal, and his production is off the charts. Um, his production is like easy number one overall pick. Um, just looking at his his advanced numbers and his stats, like I see a guy who is one of the better quarterback prospects we've seen in recent memory in the last couple of drafts. Yeah, um, kind of in the like Zach Wilson, Justin Fields tier. Sure. To me. Um, because God, like his numbers the last two years have been awesome and yeah. consistent. Like, like when we talked about CJ Stroud, and I looked at his profile for the last two years. Last year he was really, really good. Kind of you know, took a step back this year, but we don't see that with Bryce Young. Um, yeah. His numbers across the board were pretty consistent last year and this year, um, and they were elite. Like this year, um, he had a PFF grade. Let me look pull this up so this year he had a pff grade of 91.5 last year 92.2 so two straight years of pff grades 90 and above which is really good um this year he's on target uh rate was 77.4 percent which is good he's another guy who's really good at avoiding sacks Mm -hmm. his uh pressure to sack rate was 12.5 percent this year yeah which is real really really good what was strouds like, Stroud. he compared to Stroud? Like he's, I would assume he's better at avoiding sacks than Stroud is. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he's a little bit better. Um, but and that's something that you'll see with a lot of guys in this class. There are a lot of guys in this class that have really good pocket presence. Um, so this year, Bryce Young, so his was 12.5 percent. C.J. Stroud's was 14.1 percent. So pretty close. Okay, and yeah. pretty similar. And both of those marks rank top 10 going back to the 2019 draft. Right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like in last year, Bryce Young had a pressure to sack rate of 15.5%, a little bit lower, uh, but still a solid mark. Um, and then, like his, when you look at like his passing on intermediate throws this year, like a PFF passing grade on medium throws of 94.2, which yeah. is really, really good. And his PFF passing grade on deep throws was 95. Um, and then you look at like how he performed under pressure. And he had a PFF passing grade or a PFF grade under pressure of 69.6 this year, 
which is really good. Um, he also was really good when he's blitzed. This year he had a PFF grade of 88.1 when he wow. was blitzed, yeah. which is really, really good. Um, Bryce Young is just a stud. And, and like last year, all his numbers in these areas were really good. Like in 2021, his PFF grade under pressure was 68.6. Yeah. And his PFF grade kept clean last year was 95.4. Um, and his PFF grade when blitzed was 91.7. So the fact that he's able to he, he's pr- like producing like this under pressure and when blitzed like in the in has high level production in these, in these areas for two straight years is really really impressive. Yeah. Um I think that's awesome. There are some like some concerns with his profile. Um none that are too major. Yeah. Uh, like well, like his PFF you know. passing grade on short throws this year was 73.5. <clears throat> yeah. Which is really low. Like that that was worse than Jack Cohn. Interesting. Um, who went undrafted last year? Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm not saying Bryce Young's worse than Jack Cohn, obviously, but yeah. just like that—that that was a data point that I thought was interesting. Um, and you look at the film; like the film's great. Bryce Young is so good at extending plays, moving outside of the pocket, and improvising. Um, he's a good decision maker. Um, you know, his pocket presence is so so good. His accuracy is great. Um, and I think on film you see. I think the film reflects the the numbers. Like he's great under pressure. Pressure doesn't really make him uncomfortable. Um, he's really good at targeting the intermediate parts of the field. Um, but but then he's like five foot ten and one hundred eighty yeah. pounds. And then you get to the issues <laughs> like his size, five ten. Um, at Alabama, he was listed at like around one hundred eighty pounds. Came to the combine, weighed in at two hundred four pounds. That's a fake weight. Like he's not playing yeah. at that weight. And that's concerning because we just really haven't seen anyone at that size with this play style work out. Because although Bryce, like like we've seen other small guys come into the NFL and play well, like Russell Wilson, um, Kyler Murray. Yeah, but like, but I, they were big. Yeah, they're like they like were rocked thick. up. Yeah. They were thick, and they were more mobile. And than, they were than both Bryce Young. over two hundred pounds. Yeah, now, like yes, Bryce <laughs> came in to the combine over two hundred, but like. Look at the guy; like he's not gonna play it that way. Yeah, it just. I mean, maybe, maybe. I'm not gonna say that he can't play it that way because right, once yeah. he gets into an NFL weight room, maybe, maybe he can. Maybe they can get him to a point where he's like comfortably playing like 205 with a little extra girth on. Yeah, but I just I don't know how feasible that is. Yeah, and you know he's not a high level runner like like Kyler Murray was in college, like Russell Wilson was in college. Kyler Murray was a fantastic runner at Oklahoma. Um, and Bryce Young just isn't that. He's not a high-level runner. He's mobile, but he's not going to rack up a ton of rushing yards. Um, and I think his phys- his arm strength is just okay. Like, I don't think he has a great arm. Um, I don't think it's bad, but I just don't think it's great. And I think the fact that he's not a high-level runner... Um, combined with the fact that he doesn't have great arm strength and that he has histo- a, a historically small frame, all of that, you know, is really concerning to me for Bryce Young. Um, I think it means that he has a low ceiling. I like the floor, and I think, like, I, I don't think there's any reason other than his size that Bryce Young can't be a good quarterback in the NFL. Like, he has all the traits that franchise quarterbacks have, but. When we talk about his game translating to the NFL, his size, his arm strength, and the lack of high-level rushing ability 
matters. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's kind of like where I point to Stroud a little more. Where like I like Bryce probably I like Bryce's tape better than Stroud. Like I think Bryce does a lot of things better than Stroud. I'm just concerned about the translating like to the NFL with how small he is. Yeah. Like he just he looks like skinny. He just looks like I mean, and he had some injury concerns this year. And so I'm just curious about how that's gonna translate over over to the NFL where mm. Stroud's like six foot three, he's what, like two fifteen, something like that. Yeah. He's and he's like looks kind of thicker. Like so I just I, I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of what points me more to Stroud as being the number one guy for me. But I really like what Bryce is able to do outside of the pocket. It's pretty it's pretty special. It's like very like Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes esque, just not with their level of like arm yeah. strength and arm talent. Like the some of the throws he's able to make at like various angles, like around defenders, it's pretty impressive. Uh, and just like directing traffic outside of the pocket, I just am concerned about hit, like his style of play with how small he is. Yeah, and it sucks because like early on in the process, I was looking, I was watching him and looking at the numbers, and I'm like, dude, like this is like pretty easily the QB one for me. Like he's just so good, and I was like, and, and I knew like I knew that he was a small quarterback, but I'm like, like I I, I just don't care. Like I don't know how it's gonna impact. Like I I personally don't know how much size matters for quarterbacks. But I know, like, when I look at the production and I look at a spell, like, I see a franchise quarterback. But I, the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, like, a hundred, like we just have not seen somebody yeah. come in with this size, with this play style, and work out. And that's the thing, too. I'm not even saying that I don't think Bryce is not going to work out. Because, yeah, like, yeah. to me, he probably is still my number two quarterback, and I do think he's worthy of, like, a top five selection. Yeah. But... I just don't know if I would take him number one overall. I really love his game, but I just don't know with the size. And one thing that concerns me is I've heard a lot of people who are smart and know what they're talking about who talk about Bryce Young, and they are concerned about his size. Yeah. Like Derek Klassen, who's a guy um, who's, done, who's done a lot of great work. Um, he wor- he works at – he's done a lot of work. He, I think he works now with Bleacher Report with their uh, scouting department, uh, scouting – um, and he's done a lot of work scouting quarterbacks. Um, and then um, Benjamin Solak for the Ringer um, has, you know, he has major concerns about Bryce Young's size. Um, and I trust those guys. I trust their opinion. I think they know. I think they're very smart and know what they're talking about, and they're concerned about it. So now I'm like, all right. Well, I think I should probably be concerned about it as well. Yeah. If all these smart people are also really, really concerned with how historically small he is, and I don't think it's just the size. Like I think the fact that he's small and doesn't have elite arm strength and isn't a great runner. I think all of that paired together. You know, just limits his ceiling, um, and how good he can potentially be at the NFL. Because I don't, I don't think, I don't think Bryce Young is going to be an All Pro caliber quarterback. Like I think there are scenarios where he's like an, a Pro Bowler, um, yeah. but I also think there, I, I also think he could flop and could bust. Yeah, because we just like the size is just a big concern. Sure, but I like Bryce Young a lot. Um, I know we just <laughs> talked a lot about like all these concerns we have with the size and why that's an issue. Um, but man, I really want to buy in. 
on him. Like, I just yeah. think, I think he's a phenomenal player. And that's my thing. Like, in the draft, like, just draft good football players. For sure. And I think Bryce Young is a phenomenal football player. Um, and, and quarterback evaluation is so hard. Well, and I feel like it's changed so much, it's, too. Yeah, because over the last couple had, years. you know, your Patrick Mahomes, your Justin Herberts, Josh Allens, Lamar Jacksons, who, mm-hmm. like, coming out of college, you're like, okay, yeah, you definitely have traits to be an NFL quarterback, but you, like, you don't have it together. We're not going to take a chance on you. That's why you have guys like, like Mahomes went number 10. You know, he was the he was the second quarterback taken, I think. Cause Who? I, Mahomes in the 17 yeah. draft. Because I think, I mean, he went after Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Which is a rough take now. Yeah. But, I mean, the the Chiefs took a flyer on him, traded up to 10, um, and it's worked out for them. So then you have guys like Josh Allen, who was the third quarterback taken in his class, who probably should have been the first, if not the second quarterback taken. Mm-hmm. He's worked out. You know, he was super raw coming oh, out of so Wyoming. Raw. Oh, he, his profile is awful. Yeah. Like, the fact that he worked out is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. And guys like Lamar, who, like, even, like, Lamar had great college production. It was just, like, concerns about him as a passer. And he's, like, really turned into a a, a top-ten quarterback in the NFL. You know, he's won an MVP a few mm. years ago. And I, I do think, like, Lamar is a good passer now. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, and so – and he was the fifth quarterback taken, 32nd overall pick. Mm-hmm. So I feel like scouting's just changed to where now you're going to have guys who get evaluated like guys we're about to talk about in Anthony Richardson and Will Levis mm. who have, like, great physical tools – that may go higher than their film suggests that they should mm-hmm. just because the toolsy kind of quarterbacks yeah. have worked have been working out recently. Yeah, it's just so different. Like years ago, if this if this was like 2019, 2020, I would be like Anthony Richardson and Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are like second round dudes. Like, why are we even talking about them? In the top 10. And I would have been like, oh, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are clearly like the top two guys. Yeah. And no one's even close to them. But it's just different now. Like, like we've seen guys that you brought up, Lamar, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, like these guys who were kind of raw in college coming to the NFL and they're working out at such a high rate. Like, it's crazy. Like, we've seen so many raw um quarterback prospects coming into the NFL and having great success early. And so now it's like, like I heard somebody, um, a guy on the, um, um, I, there was a podcast that I listened to with Theo Ash. I'm forgetting the name of it. And one of the guys was uh, talking about the quarterback prospects. And he said, now it's um, when you're evaluating quarterbacks, it's like you're looking for arm strength mobility and the ability to avoid sacks and i feel like that's kind of what yeah, quarterback honestly. evaluation has come down to honestly um but yeah quarterback evaluation has changed so much um and it's making this process really really hard and really really interesting yeah now we can get into one of the most polarizing quarterback prospects in this year's draft yeah anthony richardson oh yeah i want to hear you talk about anthony richardson what are your thoughts Man, his tape is a roller coaster. It's so fun because one play you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he really just made that throw. And then 
the next play, you're saying the exact same thing, just in yeah. like a complete negative way. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he tried to make that throw. And like Richardson to me is just so fascinating because he's an anomaly. We've never seen a quarterback like him in terms of like his athletic traits and tools. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we saw it from his combine testing. He's in the hundredth percentile and almost everything he did, or if not like 98th, 99th percentile, you know, he's, you know, what was it? Four, 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 40 yard dash at six foot. I think you measured it at six foot four to 40. Like two forty. Uh, so PFF has him listed at six four two forty four. I think that's wrong. I actually think that's right. Is it right? I feel okay. Like Sorry, I thought I was... thought he was taller than six four. Um, but yeah, like he's a massive. He's a massive quarterback with like literally the best athletic profile we've ever seen in the position. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty insane. And one of the thing that that I really love about Richardson that kind of, to me, gives him the edge over a guy we'll talk about in a little bit, Will Levis, is that he had, like, and I know some people will probably think of this as, like, a, a disadvantage, but he's not got a lot of experience. He's, he started, he started 13 games, games in, college. in college. He's currently 20 years old. I think he'll still be 20 on draft night, but in his rookie year, he'll be 21. Mm-hmm. Um He's so young, so early in his development that I think a lot of his problems can be fixed. I think he's really coachable because if you'll watch the tape from like week one against Utah until, you know, Florida State, you can see a guy who is just getting better week to week. Mm -hmm. He's like watching film, learning from his mistakes, and improving upon those. Because I feel like in the week one game against Utah, there's a lot of times where he would just kind of roll out of the pocket when he didn't need to, where like he should have tried to like maneuver the pocket and step up a little bit, avoid yeah. pressure that way. And then you'll see like the next few drives, he fixes it. He's like, okay, this time I'm going to step up in the pocket. And I, I just like little things like that, that he's fixing from week to week kind of show me that he's probably a pretty coachable player and that he's so early in his development Mm-hmm. that the problems can still be fixed. Yeah. Um, the biggest concern with Anthony Richardson is the accuracy. The accuracy is not quite there yet, but it's like the guys we were talking about earlier, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, those kind of guys, they didn't really have the accuracy in college either that showed you like, oh, you know, they're going to be an accurate quarterback in the NFL. Um, and so now I feel like, them as passers in the NFL, they've improved drastically. And that's just, you know, from work fixing mechanics, um, you know, just repetition, practice. And so I really don't think that Anthony Richardson's accuracy problems is like something that can't be fixed. Maybe, I mean, he's never going to become like, oh, this is the most accurate quarterback in the league. I don't think he's ever going to be that. Yeah. But he can definitely fix it to be like a high level starter in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he has, like, when there are times where he has really good mechanics. Like, I don't think he's just this mechanically. No, yeah, I agree. Quarterback. Yeah, I'm not even saying that because I, yeah. I do think watching him, I was, there's some plays where I'm like, oh, wow, he did a really good job in the pocket on that one, just like stepping up, avoiding pressure, mm-hmm. you know, quick hitch and throw. Yeah. But then, like, there's other times where he's just like, 
stepping up in the pocket or he'll like step into a sack or like not even necessarily a sack. Sometimes, sometimes he just step into pressure Mm -hmm. that would like create a bad throw. Mm. And that's kind of concerning sometimes. So I think it's just some things that like need to be tweaked a little bit Yeah, that definitely can be coached. Yeah. Yeah, my arc as a Anthony Richardson supporter has been pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I, before the season started, I wrote an article up breaking down some of the top prospects or some of the top quarterback prospects in this year's draft. Like I broke down C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, uh, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and Tyler Van Dyke because he was like yeah, a guy getting first round buzz him, yeah. before the season. Um, and I was like, like I just like Anthony Richardson is going to have to grow a lot. Cause all I'm seeing is a dude who's a great runner, but the passing numbers are so awful. Like, mm-hmm. like I just can't, and he did grow. A lot. I can't believe that he's yeah. getting first round buzz. And it's funny because the passing production um, was, wasn't great this year. Um, but I think there, there are a lot of reasons to like him. And I'm going to break it down. All right, so this year... So last year was interesting for Anthony Richardson. That was the first year that he really played. But he split time with Emory Jones. Emory Jones, yeah. And he really came in for, like, obvious rushing situations a lot of times. Yeah, and last year, um, he only had, like, 74 dropbacks. So that wasn't a really big sample. So this year was, like, his first year as the guy at Florida. And the results were interesting. He had a PFF grade of 80.1, which is... Low from like a top tier quarterback prospect, yeah, which is like where he's getting drafted as. Like, like he's getting drafted in a place where you view him as like a top tier prospect. Um, and like, and like the the on target uh, throw rate was sixty four point one percent, which is really really low. Like yeah. sub seventy percent is like yeah, it's pretty, pretty very rough. concerning. Um, but there's one area where he is elite at. And that is avoiding sacks. His oh, pressure yeah. to sack rate was 9.2% this year. That's insane. The best mark since 2019. Okay, so he's higher than, than Bryce and CJ Stroud. By a considerable amount. Yeah. Like a decent amount. And I feel like I did notice that when watching him too. He was really good at being able to sense pressure and step up mm-hmm. or maneuver the pocket well, which is something that another guy we're going to talk about in a little bit, Will Levis, spoiler alert. Absolutely. Is terrible <laughs> He's terrible, at. yeah. Um, he does hold on to the ball a long time. His like average time to throw rate was, was 3.18 this year, and it was over three um, for his two seasons at Florida. Or really three, but his first year he redshirted. Um, and that's like an issue that Bryce Young has. Like Bryce Young holds the ball forever, but yeah. like we see with these guys, where it doesn't really matter because they're so good at avoiding sacks because they're they're mobile. Yeah. Um, but then you get into some, some of the other areas of his profile, like his passing under pressure. Um, like his PFF grade sure pretty under rough. pressure was 48.8. Yeah. Really low. I'm better than CJ Stroud's, but it's still really low. And even his PFF grade uh, when the pocket was clean was low. It's 89.4, yeah. which, is, which isn't like awful but when you're talking about you're talking like, about a guy who's gonna be a top five pick that's just low yeah um and let me look at where that ranks um since 2019 yeah. um because it, it's it's low um it's below average let me look like yeah like it's 27th around yes. tanner mckee and malik willis yeah that's rough um so that's rough um and then his PFF grade when Bliss was low, 73.7. Um, and, and even not Bliss, like his PFF grade when he wasn't blitzed was 73.5. Mm. 
which is just low. Um, he is okay on medium throws. Like, his PFF passing grade on medium throws this year was 85.8, which is not bad. So he's not, like, in a, or, or, or incapable of attacking the intermediate parts of the field. Um, and his PFF uh, passing grade on deep throws was 93.1. Here's an issue, though. His PFF passing grade on short throws was 33.8, which is incredibly low. Um, and, you know, he has accuracy issues. And I... and there were times when I was watching him play where, like, he was missing layups. Yeah. Like, badly. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why his PFF passing rate on short throws was so low. Um, so those are areas of concern. Um, and, the, and then let's look at his passing grade on, on certain concepts. His passing, his uh, PFF, I think this is passing grade, or actually it's, it's just his PFF grade on play-action throws was 91.8, which is really good. So he's good on play-action but then his PFF grade on non-play action plays was 66.7, which is low. Um, so, I mean, at least he's, like, really good on play action throws. He he is somewhat capable of, of attacking the inter- intermediate parts of the field. Um, and you might be wondering, okay, why is this guy being talked about as, like, one of the top quarterbacks in this year's class? And it's because, A, he has elite physical tools. His arm strength is out of this world. Um, arguably the best in the class. Mm-hmm. Um, his mobility is elite. Um, and this year, his rushing production was really, really good. His um, rushing yards market share, which is... Um, actually, I can't pull that up uh, that up right now. Um, a, uh, rushing yards market share is just the percentage of your, of your team's rushing yards that you um, accounted for. Um, his was really high, top... Uh, top 10 since 2019. He averaged over 50 rushing yards per game this past season. You combine that with his size and his, and his athletic profile, and we're looking at a guy who can be legitimately like the best rushing quarterback of all time. Yeah. And I think that gives him a solid floor. Like we've seen in recent memory, guys who were raw or known as raw passers in college, but were great rushers, came into the NFL and had great success. Guys yeah. like Lamar Jackson, um, to a lesser degree in terms of his rawness, Jalen Hurts. Sure. Um, and then even Justin, some guys who were less mobile, yeah. like Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. I was even going to say, like, <coughs> Justin Fields is not necessarily like this. Yeah. One. He was like, he. I wouldn't even consider Justin Fields raw as a passer. I thought he was a really put-together prospect coming out. No, he was. Um, yeah, he was. Justin Fields, however, also, I don't think anybody realized how mobile he was coming out. Yeah. Because, like, they didn't use him as a rusher as much as, like, the Bears do. Yeah. Because yeah, he was a pretty insane running threat this past year in the NFL. And he, um, his rushing, like his rushing production at Ohio State was still really good. No, it was still really like, good. Like I remember we talked on the phone like, yeah. a few, like a, maybe a month ago and I was talking about how his like rushing production was like insane. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was, was like still off the really charts good. good. It's just like he wasn't ever a, you know, 1100 yard rusher <laughs> yeah. in college. Um, And I think people underrate how important like rushing production is for quarterbacks. Yeah. Now. Like it's pretty important. Like if you're a high level runner, you can get away with not being a top tier passer. Right. Um, but let's say you aren't very mobile, you're not a high level runner, and you're and all your value is coming from your passing ability, 
if that passing ability doesn't translate or isn't as good as it was in the NFL, you're probably going to struggle. Yeah. And I think that's why we've seen a guy like Justin Fields, who was an elite passer in college and a great runner. Mm-hmm. He's coming to the NFL, and although he hasn't been great because the passing hasn't translated, he's still providing some value because he's one of the best rushers in the NFL. Yeah. So I think that's why it's so important. Um, and, and Anthony Richardson is not perfect, obviously. Like He has a lot of flaws. Um, but he's also super young. He's like oh, 20 yeah. years old. He's only had 13 starts in college. Um, the physical tools are clearly there. Yeah. And he has some nice traits well, that, that superstar caliber quarterbacks have. Yeah. Like his ability to navigate in the pocket is elite. One of the things that really stands out to me that I was super impressed with is his ability to like, He's not always throwing it 100 miles an hour. Yep, that's one of my favorite things about and him. And that's something, and we'll talk about him in a minute. I keep going back to him, but like that's something that a guy like Will Levis really struggles with. Like He's always just ripping the ball as hard as he can, mm-hmm. where I've seen Richardson throw the ball with like really nice touch. Yep. He has the ability to do that, and he already like knows how to use that, which yep. is really good for a guy his age, like in his development like process even though he has a lot of other things where he struggles with his arm strength, the ability to throw with touch and not just always rip the ball Mm -hmm. is pretty impressive. Yeah. And I saw a chart recently and it was looking at um, quarterback prospects over the last couple of drafts and there, it was looking at their pressure to set or their, um, their pressure rate, like how, how often they were pressured, which Mm -hmm. is kind of measuring, like how good their off or how good or bad their, their offensive, offensive line, line was, yeah. versus their pressure to sack rate over expected. So it's just showing you how bad or how good or bad their offensive line was versus how good or bad they were at avoiding pressure. Okay, yeah. And in the top left quadrant were all the guys who were great at avoiding pressure and had terrible offensive lines. Okay. And some of the guys in that in that quadrant were Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen. Anthony Richardson. Wow. Yeah. And, and I talked about earlier how important, like, th- that some of the most important traits when it, comes, when it comes to quarterback evaluation were, like, arm strength, mobility, and the ability to avoid sacks. Yeah. And you know who does the, all three of those things the best in his class? Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. I'm curious. I, it's, it's a little unrelated, but I wonder who was in that bottom right quadrant where it's like – you have a good offensive line, but you're also taking a lot of sacks. I'm trying to remember. I like, can't. I can't remember. Were there the top any like head. NFL starters in there, or was it all just like? Duds? I think Josh Rosen may have been in that quadrant. Okay, that doesn't I surprise think. me. Yeah, um, but a lot of the a lot of guys who were known as raw passers in college were in the top left quadrant. Yeah, and I think like looking at that, like I, that's part of the reason why I think. You know, this is such an important skill because mm-hmm. I think we see a lot of guys in college really struggle and like their passing production is just like horrendous. But they have these like little traits that you may overlook, but are actually super important. Like, oh yeah, like your ability, like pocket presence, and you know the ability to uh, make your to attack the intermediate parts of the field as a thrower. And I think I think like Anthony Richardson is fine in those areas. Um, but yeah, like the fact that he's an elite athlete, got great arm strength, it, you know, has the profile of someone who can be like a historically good rusher combined with the fact that, you know, um, he's 20 years old is, has great pocket presence. 
Like, I get that the film is shaky. Yeah. I get it. Like, he's he's he is a risky bet to succeed. I will admit that. But the the ceiling is so high. The yeah. ceiling is like an all a, a a literally an all pro consistently. Oh yeah. Like a perennial all and pro. And he's like he is a guy that <clears throat> I would bet on. And I and I think the floor isn't super high, but I don't think it's low. I don't think it's super low either, just because of the athleticism. Yeah, like the athleticism and the fact that he's so good at, at avoiding sacks. Like he could start day one, yeah. and it may not be pretty, but I don't think it's going to be catastrophic. Yeah, like because he he's not gonna you know he's not gonna be a sack machine as a rookie. Yeah, and he, he can he can you know extend plays. He's a playmaker. There was a throw against Tennessee where he you know, moved up in the pocket, avoided a sack, and made a crazy throw with a crazy arm angle. And it was like a short gain. But I was like, whoa. And the first name that popped into my mind was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I was like, that's like a Mahomes, Josh Allen-esque play. Yeah. And he does it frequently. And like, honestly, like, let's talk about the floor for a second. Because, like, people are like, oh, he's, you know, his floor is so low. But, like, as good of an athlete as he is, why can't he just be like, okay, why don't why, let's say his floor might be like a Logan Thomas, who was a quarterback coming out of Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. who you know he had like he was like a super athletic, toolsy quarterback. Mm-hmm. He wasn't drafted super high, mm-hmm. and neither is the next guy I'm going to mention, but like was able to kind of transition to like a to tight end and be a productive tight end for the Washington Commanders. Same with like Taysom Hill, yeah. who has just been like a Swiss Army knife for um the New Orleans Saints. So like if that's his low, I mean, yes, obviously I would probably consider him a bust if that's his low. Yeah. But that's not the worst thing in the world if you still get like a productive player out of him. And it's not just like, oh, he's out of the league in a few years. Yeah, and I think people are underrating um, how important age is when it comes to him. Um, Because, like, he's the youngest quarterback of of the top four. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, his, his, it's not like his production across the board is absolutely in the tank. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like Will Levis, who we're going to get to in a second, like, his, his production this past season. What's really bad? Like it was like yeah. some of the like some of the worst uh, numbers you'll see, or you like we've seen going back to 2019. Yeah. Um, Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson wasn't quite that level, and I think the fact that he had like an 80.1 PFF grade as a 20 year old in his first season, where he was the full time starter in the SEC, it's kind of like I think that's a positive. Yeah. No. Like I it's agree. not great, but it's not bad, and I think. Anthony Richardson is at a different point in his development than Will Levis, yeah. than Hendon Hooker. A- absolutely. Yeah. And you have to consider that. And I think people are underrating that. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're overlooking how young Anthony Richardson is in relation to some of the quarterbacks who are behind him. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's like around the same age as Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Um, and they've had more consistent production, which is why people like them more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like Anthony Richardson. Um, my head tells me that, you know, you should take Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and you should live with their floor. But my heart says, like, you've you've missed too many times on these raw passes in college because you don't understand quarterback evaluation. Mm -hmm. Like, take the swing, go with Anthony Richardson. Yeah. And just live with the risk. It's a risky bet, Mm -hmm. but 
Like, I will say it again. Three of the most important qualities when it comes to quarterback evaluation, arm strength, mobility, and pocket presence. And I think Anthony Richardson might be the best at those three in this entire class. I agree. So, taking him number one over C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young would be a gamble, but I don't think it would be a mistake. I agree. I completely agree. I would not be... Honestly, I might would like it more if the Panthers traded away that much to move up to get Richardson. And just took the home run. Because it's just like, yeah, his ceiling is too good to pass up on. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that. But I don't I don't either. I don't either. And and I like all the like the top three guys that we've talked yeah. about. I I have them all in the same tier. Like I don't mm-hmm. have rankings yet, and I may not. Just because I like all those three guys a lot. I think they're all in the same tier for me. Yeah. Um which is crazy. Like a year ago I did not think I was gonna be saying this now. But I just like I, I've changed my thought process when it comes to quarterback evaluation. Yeah. Um so yeah, I like Anthony Richardson a lot. Yeah. Um really intriguing prospect in a in a tough evaluation mm-hmm. um and i'm willing to be wrong like i was yeah. wrong on zach wilson last year i will gladly be wrong on anthony richardson yeah. um but i will be very happy if he you know wins an mvp and is one of the best quarterbacks in the league in a few yeah. years that's like and i think that's within his range of outcomes wilson is one of the few honestly in the mm-hmm. past few years who has had these like tools and hasn't worked out yeah and Sometimes I don't, it I just don't, doesn't. Don't know. Yeah. It, sometimes it just doesn't. I mean, like, playing quarterback in the NFL is hard. Yeah. Like, it's extremely difficult. I mean, that's one thing that I've learned watching quarterbacks the last five years. It's like, to be a quarterback in the NFL, you have to be so, so good. And, you know, us fans, like, we don't get to talk to the guys. Maybe with Zach Wilson, it was a mental issue. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, like, playing quarterback in the NFL is hard. Some guys are cut out for it. Some are not. Yeah. But, all right, well, let's talk into our. Let's talk about our favorite quarterback in this year's class. Oh gosh, William Levis. <laughs> Man, probably my least favorite quarterback <clears throat> yeah, in this class. Yeah, go ahead. I don't <laughs> love Will Levis. I, um, to be honest, like I would be very comfortable taking a shot at Will Levis in the second round. And that is about the extent of where, like, I would be cool taking him. I, like, to me, he's just not a first-round quarterback. Anthony Richardson, there's so many things that Richardson does better than him, not even to mention that Levis is 24. Like, he's had, I think, five years of college experience where he should be in a different spot developmentally than he is. And I just don't. I haven't really seen a noticeable year to year, like, or even game to game, like, you've gotten better. Mm -hmm. I think with Levis, it's all about the arm. Like, his arm is debatably the best arm in the class. It's either him or Richardson. You can take your pick. It's not really a wrong answer either (laughs) way. Um, And like I mentioned before, he doesn't show I mean he may have the ability but he does not show the ability to throw with touch he's throwing that thing 100 miles an hour every single time he's got that like gunslinger and like I don't even I'm not saying this is a positive thing it's probably going to sound like a positive thing just because of the comp but he's got that like Brett Favre mentality Mm -hmm. 
where he just thinks that his arm can get him out of anything. Yeah. Like he can fit it into ridiculous windows, which sure, sometimes it can, but you also just need to be a good quarterback. (laughs) And like some of the, he's not, his offense honestly was kind of weird. He didn't have a lot of talented skill players around him. He also had, kind of a weird offensive scheme at Kentucky. Some of the plays were just to be honest, like not in his advantage. I thought some of the play calls, like with the routes they were running, like the route concepts were kind of all over the place where Mm -hmm. like guys were just like running into each other. It was just like, "Eh, okay, this is a weird, some weird play calling. Um, So I'll give him, I'll give him that because he was considerably better in 2021 than he was last year um and he lost like some key pieces of his offense and i think they changed offensive coordinators too um so i'll give him the benefit of the doubt there he's just he's not my favorite i i understand like the hype based on the tools but to me he should be he, he should have fixed some of the things that he is not good at, given that he's been in college for five years. Mm-hmm. Where, like, with Richardson, I can kind of overlook some of his flaws because I can see him fixing it little by little, and he's only started 13 games. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of just where I'm at with Levis. Yeah, Levis is a really interesting evaluation because his numbers this year, awful. Like, like yeah. and... I'm just being honest. Like, they just were not good. Like, they were absolutely horrendous. This year, he had a PFF grade of 68.6. His on-target throw rate was okay at 75.6%, but his pressure to sack rate was 26.8%. That's really, really high. Um, And it shows up on film. Like, his pocket presence is not great. He's not very good at, you know, sensing pressure. And he's a sack machine. Yeah. And that's concerning. Um, But it gets worse. Unfortunately, like his pat, like his his PFF passing grades, like on um, looking at different depths of the field are terrible. His PFF passing grade on short throws this year was seventy three point nine, which is low. His PFF passing grade on medium throws was sixty seven point four, which is unbelievably bad. His PFF passing grade on deep throws was seventy, which is crazy because he's a gunslinger. Like he's like the strong arm pocket passer. Like your PFF passing grade on deep throws should be a lot better than that. I mean, even Anthony Richardson, who's a, who is a like quote unquote raw passer, has a much better PFF passing grade on deep throws. Yeah. And then his like PFF grades under pressure are rough. His uh, PFF pa- or his PFF grade when the pocket is clean this year was seventy two. His PFF grade under pressure was fifty eight or was fifty point eight, really low. Um, his PFF grade when he wasn't blitzed was 61.2, and then his PFF grade um, when he was blitzed was 66.6. Like, all over the place, it's just like like red flags everywhere. Yeah. Um, and part of that was the offense. Like, he just didn't have a lot of talent surrounding him this year. Um, he lost Wendell Robinson to the NFL. Lost a lot of offensive linemen to the NFL as mm-hmm. well. Um, so... I think that's one reason why he struggled this year. And um, because of that, like I, I can see why someone would look at all those numbers and be like, oh yeah, this guy like this guy isn't very good. 
he isn't a first-round pick. But if you go back to 2021, I think he was a lot better last year. Yeah. Last year, he had a PFF grade of 90.6. Um, he... Um, his pressure to sack rate last year was 20.3, a lot lower than it was this year. Um, his on-target throw rate was 74.8%, which is okay. Yeah. Um, but in all, all other areas, he was way better last year. Like la- um, last year, I'm looking at his um, PFF grades at different depths in the field. Like his PFF passing grade on medium throws last year was 91.1, which is way better than it was this year. Last year, his passing grade on deep throws was 90.7. And then looking at how he performed under pressure, um, last year he still wasn't great under pressure. His PFF grade under pressure was 55.3. When the pocket was clean, his grade was 91.3, a lot better than it was this year. And when he wasn't blitzed, his grade last year was 90.2. And when he was blitzed, his grade was 67.9. So, like... You're, when you're looking at all of these things, last year he was a lot better than he was this year. Like, I think that's fairly obvious. I thought he was better on film last year. Generally, I think Will Levis is an okay processor. I think he's generally decent in terms of accuracy. He's got an elite arm. Like, I've seen him make some pretty crazy throws, some really high-level throws. Um, and he's an okay athlete with decent mobility. Last year he averaged... Um, over 20 rushing yards per game. This year, that fell off a lot, mainly because he took a lot took of sacks. A lot of sacks yeah. um, but still, the profile isn't great, isn't special. Like I don't think Will Levis is much better than anyone in last year's class. No. I think last year, his profile looked like a guy you could potentially take a swing on in the late, like in the back half of the first round. Um, and I think I'd be okay with it there. But... Still, like, he's just, this mold of quarterback is just not a high-level player. Mm-mm. Like, he's a pocket passer with decent mobility, but he's only mobile as a runner. Like, he doesn't escape the pocket. He doesn't extend plays. Like, he's got terrible pocket presence. Yeah. He doesn't throw with touch, like you mentioned. I think his accuracy is okay, but it's, I don't think it's any, anything special. No. So I think like this mold of quarterback just isn't a high-level prospect. Mm-mm. And his, his passing production in college may have been better than Anthony Richardson, but he was also 24, yeah. 23 years old, like he should be. And, you know, I brought up age when I talked about Anthony Richardson. Look at Anthony Richardson and Will Levis at the age of 21. When Anthony Richardson was 21, which is this year, or 20. Yeah, he was 20 last year. He had a PFF grade of 80, like around 80. He was one of, like had a great season in terms of his rushing production. And he did all of this in his first year as a starter in the SEC, mm-hmm. which is, like, I, I think all of that's fairly impressive. Not, yeah. like, great um, for a top-tier prospect, but pretty impressive. And then you look at Will Levis when he was 20, and he was at Penn State, on the bench behind Sean Clifford, who is probably not going to get drafted this year. Yeah. Like, at the same age, Anthony Richardson was significantly better than Will Levis. I just don't buy this idea that Will Levis is somehow a safer prospect than Anthony Richardson. When this past season, he had considerably worse production than Anthony Richardson when he's about three years older than him. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, come on. And I get that that Kentucky did not have a very talented team this year and that the coaching wasn't great. I get that. 
you can say the same thing about Florida. Yeah. Like, they didn't have a lot of talent there at Florida. Mm-hmm. It was probably better than Kentucky, but it wasn't very good. And still, Anthony Richardson was better, more productive than Will Levis. And, and he's just better in, in, in a lot of traits. Like, he's... I, I think he... You know, arm strength is arguable between the two, but he's way more mobile. Like, uh, he's a much better runner than Will Levis. He's much better at extending plays. He's got much better pocket presence. And I think that's a huge issue for Will Levis. And a lot of guys that we've seen come into the NFL over the last couple of years and not play super well, one of their major issues in college was that they were sack machines, like Justin Fields. Now, I know Fields has been a great runner in the NFL, but I think there are legitimate questions about his ability to be a franchise quarterback and a top-tier quarterback, mainly because he's still a sack machine who holds on to the ball forever. Yeah. And a lot of guys in last year's class fit that mold. Like, pretty much everyone in last year's class took, like, and an, like, had an extremely high sack rate and pressure to sack rate. Um, I think a guy, like, a guy in last year's class that I think is kind of comparable to Will Levis and is just a better prospect is Sam Howell. And Sam Howell went in the fifth round. Yeah. And I know last year was a really weird situation with the quarterback class. Yeah, it was. But I think Will Levis is in that tier of quarterback. Yeah. With... You know, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. Yes. Now, also, we are, I think, both of the same mind that Sam Howell probably shouldn't have been a fifth-round pick. He probably oh, should gosh, have been, yes. like, a late second, like, third-round pick. I was like, I thought he had a good case for QB1 in that class. Yeah. Um, But I, I, I really like Sam Howell. Oh, I didn't really like Sam Howell because that last year's quarterback class was just bad. Yeah. And I thought in a bad quarterback class, he had a case for QB1. Um, but I think Will Levis is probably worse than mm-hmm. Malik Willis. Yeah. Because at least Malik Willis is more um, mobile. Yeah. I mean, they're both sack machines. Like, I just don't like, like, who in the NFL is just decent in terms of accuracy, not a high-level runner, um, and a sack machine? Like, how many of those guys are franchise quarterbacks in the NFL? Jay Cutler. <laughs> like. Might be it. And he wasn't, I don't even know that I'd call him a franchise quarterback, but they just kept him around forever. Now those guys bust. Yeah. So I, I think there are certain things that Will Levis does well. And and I, I think basing your evaluation just strictly on what he did this past season, it's probably, like, you're probably missing the whole picture. But even when you have the whole picture, I just don't love the prospect. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, he. I think Will Levis is a fringe first rounder Probably his value is more in line with like a second round grade. I agree. Um, I, I've heard some people disagree with that, and I know a lot of people are really high on Will Levis, and he might be a great guy. He might have great leadership, might have great character, um, but he also puts mayonnaise in his coffee. So, you know, what are you going to do? Undrafted. Undrafted, no. Um, I think there are just some major red flags with his profile. Um, and I just, yeah. I just don't love Will Levis. Um, thought he was thought he was pretty good last year, but still, like there are major issues with this game, like his pocket presence, um, yeah, the fact that he's so old and that he just hasn't had consistent production in college at like as a twenty four year old, like all of that's pretty concerning. So yeah, those are my thoughts on Will Levis. All right, what what are some? And we can talk a little bit about Hendon Hooker. Okay. Uh, I don't think either of us have do- have done a deep dive in on him. Yeah, I really. But what haven't. are your thoughts on Hendon Hooker as a prospect? The games that I've seen, 
Uh, he's played well. I mean, he's an accurate quarterback. <clears throat> yeah. He doesn't necessarily have like superior superior physical tools in any way. Um, he's a like I I do like the like his frame, like pretty yeah. big, mm-hmm. like uh, NFL typical size mm-hmm. quarterback. His offense was weird. Um, it ran like a really dumbed down offense. Like, and that's like no shade at like at Hendon Hooker. Like, I yeah. I do think that he's like a, a smart quarterback. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that it was just like a one read offense, but it was a very like dumbed down offense, almost similar to like, not in the same, not necessarily the same offense, but like I think of like Matt Corral coming out. Like watching him at Ole Miss, it was just like RPOs, just like super dumbed down offense, mm. and so like that kind of concerns me. Um, also, he's twenty five. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand the first round buzz. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I might. I don't know that I. It, it might if I watched him a little more, I might would be able to give a take on whether I think he's better than Levis or not. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's but a fair point i'm probably a lot lower on will <laughs> levis than other people yeah hendon hooker is such a interesting evaluation there are things i like about him like i think he's generally like fairly accurate yeah. um he's got decent physical tools like i think his arm is okay like i think i think it's pretty solid i mean he's mobile like his rushing production in college yeah. has been pretty good for the last two years um but like, he's a sack machine. Like, I'm looking at his pressure to sack rates right now, and I'm about to vomit. Um, in 2019 and 2020, when he was at Virginia yeah. Tech. Well, he's really bad under pressure, isn't he? Yeah. Like, like in 2019, his pressure to sack rate was 23.9%. In 2020, it was 34%, which is, like, un- like unbelievable. Uh, in 2021, last year, it was 32.8%, and this year it was 29%. Yeah. Major concern. Um... But, like, he is mobile. There are some things to like about him. But also, like, you brought up his offense. The offense at Tennessee is so weird. It is the fakest offense I have ever seen in my life. None of their receivers ever get pressed. Like, Jalen Hyatt, I don't know if he saw a single snap of press coverage Well, they last run year. these, like, plays where they <clears throat> send, like, Hyatt in, like, motion mm-hmm. to where he can basically just get a running head start and just blow by everybody. Yeah, which like, hey, great play calling. I'm not even hating on the offense. Like for college, if you're um what's their coach? Josh Heupel. Like yeah. Josh Josh Heupel, you know, hey, good on you, man. Like you're figuring out how to win at the college level. That's what you're paid to do. Yeah. But as like an evaluation for a quarterback, like watching a Tennessee quarterback, it's kinda hard to just, you know, see anything that translates to the NFL super well. Yeah, their offense is really weird. Like you, you like Heupel, way to go! Like his yeah. his play calling and his, the way his offense is, you know, put together is is super interesting. But it's like he does such a great job of putting his high level players in a position to succeed and getting them open mm-hmm. and then taking advantage of their strengths. Oh yeah, which I think is awesome. Um, but it's just not an offense that translates well to the NFL. And Hendon Hooker's profile is okay. Like, the stats are are decent in some areas. But 
when you take in, take into consideration that he's like tw- gonna be tw- that he's twenty five now. I think he is twenty five right now. Twenty four, yeah. twenty five. He's coming off an ACL injury. His offense that he played in in college. I'm not was, super concerned about the ACL injury. People yeah, come back from those pretty that, easy now. Sure, but the fact that he's coming off it at like twenty four. Sure. And that part of his you know game, game is, is that he's mobile, mobile. Yeah, is a little concerning. Um, also, like the offense he came in, he played in in college was just fluky and just like like not NFL level concepts um and then like the fact that he's also a sack machine is really bad like his pocket presence isn't great yeah that's just a weird player yeah weird player the production's good like the like his raw stats insane like his yards per attempt his passer rating his completion percentage like all of it is insane like is insane like best in the class good but the advanced numbers are worse, and then you take into account, like, you like watch him play, you watch that offense, and it's like, yeah. I don't know how this is going to work in the NFL. I mean, I think, <clears throat> to me, like, he probably ends up being a starter in the NFL, just because I do feel like his accuracy is pretty good. Like, I've, I'm impressed with it. I'm like, okay, yeah. But, you know, also, he is like a, what, sixth-year senior? Yeah. Um. He's I can't just, buy him in the first round, he, though. No, I completely agree. He's a replacement-level player to me. Like, he's a guy like a a Jimmy G or a, what's, like, another good example? Like, Davis Mills. Like, those kind of guys where you're like, you're not terrible. Well, I, Davis Mills is not very good. But with Jimmy G, it's like, okay, yeah, we're winning games, but, like, we're not, like, we could have won a Super Bowl with, like, a a more talented quarterback. Yeah. Like Jimmy G to me was the reason why they lost that Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. He just didn't have the physical tools and the I mean yeah, he just didn't have like the physical tools to like make some of the throws that he needed to make to win that game. Yeah. Where like a guy like Patrick Mahomes can do that in his sleep. Right, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So like to me Hooker is probably you know, a guy that can start games and maybe win games for you if, under the right circumstances if he has a good team around him, but he's still going to leave you wanting more. It's oh, going to exactly, be like, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, we need to look at replacing this guy. I agree. So, I agree. you know, and no, I don't buy him in the first round either. I would probably, I might would feel comfortable taking him over Levis. I haven't watched a ton of him. I want to see more. Mm-hmm. My thing with Levis, my concern is that he really is probably going to need to sit for a year. And he's 24 years old. Yeah, that's and fair. with Hooker, like, it's just hard to gauge whether he would have to sit because, like, I don't really know all of the the concepts that he's familiar with. Like, what can he do just because mm-hmm. the limited things that he was asked to do at Tennessee? Their offense is very similar. Tennessee's offense is yeah. what I'm referring to. It's kind of similar in some ways to Ole Miss last year with Matt Corral. Sure, yeah. Um. Whereas like a lot of RPOs, a lot of vertical routes. I don't. I don't, I think it's more more a more of a vertical offense than Ole Miss's offense was. Yeah. I think Ole Miss was super RPO heavy. Yes. But it's just weird. Really, like a really weird offense. And Hooker, like he has some nice traits. It's just I don't like. I don't think he's like a. He's definitely not a high end starter in the NFL. Yeah. No, I agree. And if you're like a below average quarterback in the NFL, which I think he probably is, yeah, it's like how high are you taking that? Yeah. So, 
Yeah, are there any late round guys that you're that you know anything about or are interested in? There really isn't. I haven't watched a lot of the late round guys. I've heard some buzz about Tanner McKee. <laughs> uh, people seem some people seem to like him. I don't really know a lot about him to be honest. I, I know I, the Stanford I, was awful. That's I've all watched I know. a few games of him and I've looked at his numbers. I just don't see it. Yeah. I thought he looked really good at the combine though. Like like yeah. he, when I watched him at the combine, I was like. Like he's got arm talent. I was like, okay, he fits in with Stroud, Bryce or Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. Like the in arm, terms of like the arm, yeah, yeah, like the arm is just way different than everybody else's. Yeah. But you watch him in Stanford's offense, and Stanford sucks. Like yeah, I'm just gonna be bad. blunt. Stanford's offense was horrible. Yeah. And but I just didn't really see much from him. His numbers the last few years haven't been very good. I think he should have gone back to college. Probably. But I know he has his fans. Um, Jake Heiner, a lot of people love yeah. Jake Heiner. I think he is like okay, but the the physical tools are not there. No, they're not. Um, a lot of people like. Uh, I've heard some some stuff about Aiden O'Connell. I haven't Purdue. watched him at all. Yeah, I haven't either. I don't. I don't know much about him. I know his numbers aren't very good, but I'd ha- I'd have to watch him to really well, give a take on him. Purdue was really bad. Yeah. Like the whole team around him was awful. There are some guys that I'm I'm intrigued by. Dorian Thompson Robinson, Jaron Hall. Clayton Toon, and to a lesser extent, Stetson Bennett. But Dorian Thompson, Robinson, and Jaron Hall, I'm really intrigued by as a guy I would look at in the later rounds. Okay. Like, if you needed a backup. I don't um, know much about Jaron Hall, but I have watched a little bit of DTR just in terms of watching college football. Yeah. So, Um, one reason why I like those guys is because, um, so, Dorian Thompson, Robinson... Had a pressure to sack rate of 11% this year. Okay. Jaron really Hall good. had a pressure to sack rate of, of 11.9. Okay. Those marks, for DTRs rank second. Jaron Hall's ranks third since 2019. Now, if I remember correctly, DTR is kind of a turnover machine, yeah? Or no? Um, I'm looking. Yeah, his turnover worthy play rate this year was 4.1%, yeah. which is like really low. Really low or really high? No, sorry, sorry. Really high. Yeah. My bad. Really high. Like, really bad. Yes. Um, but, like, generally, DTR is pretty accurate. Um, he's a good runner. Got good pocket presence. And I just, like, I don't love... Like, I don't think he's a starter. Like, But I think for a guy... I think he could be a spot starter. Yeah. Like, if you're in a rough situation and you need him to start, I think he could. Sure. Um, and I think, it, like, if you have, a, like, a starter who's mobile... Like, the Eagles, if they didn't get Mariota, would have been a good spot for either of these guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but that, that's how I view them. And Clayton Well, and they're both kind of smaller guys, yeah? Yeah, they are. And Clayton Toon's another guy I'm, I'm intrigued by because his numbers the last few years have been really good. Yeah, Houston, right? Yeah, in a lot of areas. Um, like, his like his accuracy's been pretty good. His PFF passing rate on medium throws has been pretty good. Um, doesn't have great physical tools in terms of his arm strength. He's, he is mobile. Um, I don't think I like him as much as I like DTR or Jaron Hall, but he's another guy in that mold of like like dual threat, got some nice physical tools that may be worth buying. Yeah. Later on, sure. And then Stetson Bennett, kind of the same thing. Where ah, like a, like yeah. like a decent athlete, undrafted. But he is he undrafted. is super small. Terrible. Um, don't like I know him you hate him. All. And Bennett's a guy that I would take really late, not like super high. Yeah. But. Take my opinion with a grain of salt. I'm a Georgia Tech fan, so he is just. <laughs> Caused yeah. me lots of pain, but, uh, yeah. All right, so for the top guys in this year's class, what are some good team fits? Team fits, okay. Um, so with Anthony Richardson, I really like him with – there's two teams that come to mind 
for Richardson to me that like feel like realistic fits, and that would be Seattle mm-hmm. and Detroit. I I one hundred percent agree. I uh, to Detroit especially to me mm-hmm. Detroit with um oh gosh I forgot their OC's name Ben Ben um I can look it up. Anyways, their offensive coordinator is super creative. Ben Johnson, right? Is it Ben Johnson? I think so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, super creative. I think he can use like Anthony Richardson on like very obvious, mm-hmm. um, you know, like running quarterback running plays, you know, third and shorts, that kind of goal line. I think that would be really fun. Yeah. Um, and he can also, he gets the opportunity to sit behind um, Goff in Detroit or Geno in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's not bad. Like, yeah. where he can sit for a year and learn. I also do not hate at all for him to go to Indy, where Shane Steichen is the new head coach, yeah. who is the offensive coordinator with the Eagles, and what he was able to do with Jalen Hurts last year. Mm-hmm. I really think that could be a good fit, too. Yeah, I, I completely agree with the teams that you said. Like, I think Detroit would be an awesome fit because he can sit behind Jared Goff if they want. Yeah. They can use him on design quarterback runs year one. Um, they can get him involved in that way. Um, they have a great offensive line, a mm-hmm. great run game. They got DeAndre Swift. They just brought in um, David Montgomery yep. from the Bears. Um, they got some nice receiving talent in Jameson Williams and the literal goat receiver, Amon <laughs> Ross St. Brown. Um they're probably going to bring in a pass catcher at 18. Maybe. Uh, they, potentially. Um, who they signed? They signed somebody to play outside, and I can't remember who I now. know they lost DJ Chark. Yes, they lost DJ Chark, but I'm pretty sure. that I, th- I think it was Marvin Jones. I think they I think, uh, yeah. signed Marvin Jones. Yeah, but um, I, I can see them going with like a tight end maybe at 18 to replace DJ Hawkinson. Sure. Um, so they, maybe they, I don't know. They don't care. They, they could. Care they could the add a pass catcher at eighteen. Yeah. Um. Or another another weapon of some sort. And um. But Seattle's a great fit as well because he can't. He can sit. He would sit behind Geno Smith year one. But they got a lot of talent there. They got. They just drafted Kenneth Walker last year. They have uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Um, so I like that fit. And they they could the 20th also, pick. Yeah. And that's the thing that I like about Detroit and Seattle mm-hmm. both is that they can afford, even though they are both good teams, mm-hmm. like they, uh, Seattle obviously made the playoffs last year. Detroit was. Did Seattle, no, Seattle missed it. Seattle missed it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Are you sure? Because. Mm-hmm. stupid. I thought they made the playoffs last year. I thought they had, they were in the wild card game. No, they they, they were because the, they played they played they San played Fran. The, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, you're right. They played the 49ers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in the wild card game last year. Um, <clears throat> Geno Smith obviously had like a breakout year. Yeah, played really good uh, for Seattle, and they also have like he's on a pretty good deal mm-hmm. to where like a lot of his money's up front, and they I think there's a few void years too. Mm-hmm. So like even after like two years, or I think it's like they could afford to like cut him after a year and yeah. it wouldn't hurt them too bad. That's yeah. how they, they really got a great contract for him. Yeah. Um, so like if Richardson only needs a year, you know, Gino can be the guy for a year. Mm. If he needs two years, he can be the guy for two years. Um, and same with Detroit with Jared Goff. Like they have somebody to sit behind. I also really love it for both of them because they're great teams, not necessarily great teams, but they're both good teams, yeah, like yeah. playoff fringe playoff teams. And they both have, another pick in the first round mm-hmm. seattle has the 20th pick on top of the fifth pick and detroit has the 18th pick on top of the sixth pick to where they can help their team you know push for a playoff run with those picks 
but also ensure the future with like an Anthony Richardson pick at five or six. I don't think Richardson will make it to six. I don't really know that he'll make it to five. Right. Um, but hypothetically, if he did, that'd be some great picks for them. That's an excellent point about, you know, being able to take a swing and like, you know, making a pick for the long-term future yeah. with, with the early pick and then, you know, trying to help help their team make a, a playoff push yeah. with their second first-round pick. But then picks. Indianapolis, too, just because, like, yeah, yeah. they're bad. And, like, if he <clears> has to start year one, hey, cool. You can take the Josh Allen route with Buffalo when they took Josh Allen seventh overall in 2018. They just let him play. Yeah. They did not try to sit him. They just let him play and let him work through his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, he's a – you know, MVP caliber player every yep. single year. Buffalo's consistently like talked about in Super Bowl contention. Um, and so they could go that Indy could go that route because Shane Steichen was very creative with Jalen Hurts last year. And now that he's the head coach mm-hmm. in Indy, I think you could do some really good things with Anthony Richardson and just like let him play through his mistakes and learn. Mm-hmm. That could also be a great route to take. He doesn't necessarily have to sit. I don't think he's like a situation where it's like, yeah, he's not developed as a passer, so he has to sit. Right, yeah. So, I agree. And if you're one of those teams, you're not going to take Richardson at five or six. No. You're taking him at three. Cause you're, yeah. You're going to trade up. <laughs> I think I think that's a really likely scenario is that one of those four teams, now I don't think the Colts are going to trade up to three. I think they're probably just going to stick and pick because they're guaranteed to get a quarterback regardless of who it is, even though I think that's stupid because Levis sucks. But I can't, I can't, I can't wait to laugh at them when yeah. they take Will Levis. But I think Seattle or um, Detroit should seriously consider trading up two, three. And the only problem that I do have with them trading up to three is are you going to have to give up your second first-round pick? Yeah. And, yeah, you might have to, but it also could be a great payoff. Mm, I agree. Um, so, yeah. That's kind of like with Richardson, I think those would be some good fits. With Stroud, I would really, I think in like Frank Reich's offense, he could really succeed. I think Stroud would be good with the Panthers at number one. Um, I don't really know a lot about Houston's offense. Who who did they hire as their offensive coordinator? I, I assume it's going to be, you know, a Kyle Shanahan-esque offense with D'Amico Ryans as their new head coach. It's Tim Kelly's. Is there, wait, no... No, Bobby Slowick. Okay. That's right, Bobby Slowick. Yeah. Where did he coach previously? Let me look. I wonder if he was like the QB coach at San Francisco or if he's I mean, he's got to have some kind of Shanahan tie, right? Yeah, and the Texans are a weird position for any quarterback because they just don't have a lot of talent. Like they yeah. just traded away Brandon Cooks. So they now, did sign, now they did sign Robert Woods. Um which I don't to me Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks are both just like old receivers that don't really add. Saying know. they did sign Robert Woods is like, wow, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Can I we mean, get a wide receiver yeah, one? Yeah, they did put a Band-Aid over the <laughs> infected gash that they have. So Nice. They signed someone. Yeah, and if honestly, like I would be interested to see if John Mechie will be able to play next year. Bro, in te- the Texans might have like Nico Collins as like wide receiver the two. primary target. Yeah, <laughs> like I know Robert Woods will be the receiver one, but like I would think that they go after a receiver if not at twelve mm-hmm. in the second round. And they did get Dal- Dalton Schultz. Yeah, they signed Dalton so, Schultz. So tight end one, maybe. Yeah, whatever. let's go. Um, no, I'm still I so. I really liked Brevin Jordan when he was coming out of Miami, so I'm kind of like butthurt that he didn't work out uh, at tight end for the Texans. Yeah, so in the first round, who was a good fit for Will Levis? 
whether that be in the top 10 or outside of the top 10. Because Will Levis is going first round. Yeah, like a realistic fit, I yeah. guess. Like, um, I, I think the Raiders are a solid fit. I think the Raiders are a solid Cause fit. Because he can sit behind Jimmy G. Yeah. And they got talent there. Sit. Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, um, Hunter Renfro. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think. It could work out there. It could work out there. Josh McDaniels' offense is not very uh, – he does not cater to rookies. Right. Josh McDaniels is um, – now, I do think he did a good job in Mac Jones's rookie year of kind of dumbing down the offense. Mm-hmm. But to me, Mac is a better prospect than Will Levis, like by a decent margin. Yeah, I would agree. Um, And so, I just – I don't know. I Yeah, honestly, I don't know – very many like great fits in my mind for Will Levis. I just don't really love the guy. I think maybe Minnesota could be in. Uh, yeah, I was uh, gonna say there place. are some teams in the back half for the first round that I yes. think would be good fits, like the Buccaneers or the Vikings. I think Minnesota could be a good spot for him where he sits behind Kirk because mm-hmm. they have like a a really run heavy offense that's like really dependent on play action. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that can that can help you as a quarterback sometimes. But probably wherever he goes, outside of like the Colts, yeah, it seems like he's probably gonna Sitting. sit. Yeah, unless he goes to like the Colts or like the Titans. Yeah, and I did see. Yeah, that came out today actually that the Titans are calling the Cardinals about trying to trade up to three. So you would have to assume that's going to be for a quarterback because Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he's yeah probably that on was, the back. I, half. I feel like that would be a move up for. Richardson. Richardson, yeah, it would make sense. Because you would have him and Malik Willis. Yeah. Who are like similar players. And I feel like now teams like to do that. They like now, to an, they like to have their starters and their backups be the same, the same mold. Like yeah. mold here's archetype. an interesting thought. If say Carolina takes Richardson one and Bryce goes two, a comp that I have seen for Stroud in the past has been Ryan Tannehill. And I don't think it's a terrible comp. Ryan Tannehill to me is more athletic than Stroud. I don't, I don't, I don't really like that comp. Really? I think Stroud's way better than Tannehill. Yeah, I don't know. Because Tannehill's think, been so like even in even in his really good years with Tennessee, he was just so like um, dependent on like play action. Sure. And it's just, I think I Stroud, know. I think Stroud's got a higher ceiling than Tannehill. I would agree with that. I'm not saying that's a ceiling. I just don't hate like no. I know. The I'm just saying. I'm just saying that, that I, I think they're different players, and Stroud's way better. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, just crap on my comp. No, no, it's you're okay. Good. I'm not you're, upset. Your comp's fine. Your your Joe Burrow comp was better. Okay, you know what? I think we'll, I think you we'll were, go back to that. I one. think you were cooking there. Yeah, let him cook. <laughs> let him cook. What about Hooker? Um, <laughs> like not in the first round. Yeah, because I, I don't think he's gonna go first round. But I'm just thinking team fits in general because sure. he's a guy that people are interested in. I mean, again, I can go back to Minnesota, where like he's not necessarily gonna have to like be a super toolsy quarterback, mm-hmm. and he can rely on that play action. Yeah. Um, I think about like. Uh, maybe Tampa, just because he'd have a lot of talent around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, I mean, yeah, I don't really know for him. I'm so. I think he just can be a high level backup, and to me, like maybe like, like a team, 
maybe not them specifically, but like maybe like Kansas City, where he could just like be a really high level backup for Mahomes. Because I mean, let's be honest, Mahomes has like he yes he's been playing through it recently, injuries, but he's yeah. just some injuries recently that have been a little scary. That's fair. Yeah, like a, a high level playoff team. Because I think of like what Philly did when they took Jalen Hurts. And everyone hated that pick. Yeah. Like, like, Eagles fans were pissed. Yeah, in the <laughs> second, they, they took Jalen Hurts in the second round to because they needed a solid backup. Because you look at their track record, I mean, they won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, and Nick Foles was not their starter. He's their backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jalen Hurts has taken them to a Super Bowl, and they drafted him to be their backup quarterback. Yes. So, like, I could see a team, like, now that they've signed Mariota, Probably not. Yeah. But a team like the Eagles, Bills even maybe, Chiefs, Ooh, like yeah. higher level, like competitive Super Bowl teams <laughs> um, that need like a high-end backup. I, I think there are some teams that, that would that would be good fits who are also like potentially invested in taking a quarterback early. Sure. Like the Vikings. I think they're a good fit. Yeah. I, I Please don't take them first round, but like second round maybe. Giants actually wouldn't. I'm so pissed the Giants re-signed yeah. Daniel Jones because when they were talking about, like when it was first brought up that they were, you know, trying to get a deal a deal done with Daniel Jones, I was like, please just let let Jones walk and take a guy like Hooker in the later rounds, like yeah. past round one. Because yeah. like he might not be available though. That's can, the problem like, that I'm having. Is like can that... can Hooker do what Daniel Jones did in that offense? Yeah. Like can he just, you know, be a good runner and not turn them all over? I think he can. Yes, exactly. Like gosh, Daniel Jones getting 40 million a year just like makes my blood boil. Oh yeah, I've already talked about it on the pod. Okay. I've already crapped on that contract. Yeah. No disrespect to Daniel Jones, but major disrespect to the Giants franchise. <laughs> uh, yeah, so have we covered all of them? I, I guess we didn't yeah. cover Bryce. I mean, Bryce is honestly probably For Bryce, be a good fit. Bryce, CJ Stroud is weird because anywhere. they're going to go one and two, I feel like. Yeah, I think Bryce could be a good fit really anywhere. Yeah, like I don't think Bryce yeah. Young has major limitations that affect where exactly. he would work out. Like yeah. if he's going to work out, he's going to work out anywhere, I feel like. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, where do you think this class stacks up historically? It's definitely better than last year's class. Oh. Like pretty obviously better than last year's class. Last year's class sucked. Like it was. I don't. I didn't think any of the guys were really clear first rounders. Yeah. It's better than last year's class, and to me, it's a, a marginally better than like 2019 with Kyler, Dwayne Haskins, uh, and Daniel oh, Jones. Pretty easily. Yeah. I think Kyler is the best. Would be the best prospect in this year's draft. Oh, that. I, I completely agree. But with outside that. of that, like, ugh. but outside of that, it was a rough quarterback class. Um, yeah. Where here you have like. Guys that I think we would probably consider like on the upper tier of this quarterback's class, like with Young, Stroud, and Richardson, who you know are considerably better than Dwayne Haskins or Daniel Jones coming out yeah. as prospects. Uh, it's, I mean, if we're talking about over the past like five or so years, twenty twenty one's obviously probably the best class out of the last five years oh, with yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Um, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting somebody. Brock, Brock no, that was last year. Um. <laughs> I had said four. There. Oh, Trey Lance. Oh, Trey Lance, yeah. Now, and I'm just talking about his prospects. I'm not yeah, talking yeah. about the way that they've worked out in the NFL. The way that they've worked out of the NFL, if we're talking about that, it's 2020 mm-hmm. with Joe Burrow, um, uh, Tua, Herbert. Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurts. And Jordan and Love. And Jordan Love, who's about to have a breakout year this year. <laughs> I will sign my name on that. Um, so... I think it's probably 
third over like the past five years. Okay, yeah. I think I would agree. If you went like since 2019, it's probably the third best class. Yeah, I don't think it's quite as good as 2021. Um, Or 2020 to me. Like, to me, it's nowhere near as good prospect-wise as 2021. And it's... It is less than 2020, but not like margin like not like huge i think it might be better you think it's better than 2020 with burrow and maybe not burrow was just such a good prospect coming out i know no i'm saying he's clearly the best of this group yeah. like he would clearly be qb1 this year but i think bryce is better than tua yes i agree shroud maybe like on the same way. tier as like tua i don't know I think Stroud much better. I think okay. Stroud has better physical tools. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with I that. Think I think Stroud's probably better. Okay. Like, like I just like look at what Tua was, and I'm like, and just in terms of physical tools, I'm like, I can see why Tua hasn't been like a franchise quarterback yet. Yeah. And I think I think Stroud has a higher ceiling than sure. Tua. Um, and I think I mean I think Richardson's probably a better prospect than definitely than Jordan Love. Yes, definitely. Um. Maybe in the same like tier, may well. I, so I think I think it's, it's in the same tier as Herbert. I and, agree, and Hurts. it's just because scouting has changed. Yeah, that mm-hmm. he is in the same tier. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I think he we would be much lower on him if we were talking about him in the twenty twenty class. I, I you agree. know what I mean? Yeah, but just looking back, just as prospects with what we know now, I think he's more in the. God, I don't know. It's kind of hard stacking this class up with recent classes because yeah. I'm like. Oh, yeah, like, the Tier 1 guys in this year's class are on, like, the Zach Wilson, Justin Fields tier for me. And then I'm like, well, Richardson is, like, so different than Wilson and Fields because he yeah. was so much worse than them in college. Mm-hmm. Like, he is just, like... Well, because they were both, like, uber-productive college players. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Richardson hasn't been. Yeah. He also just hasn't played. really gotten the opportunity. Like, he's yeah. only played 13 sure. games. Like, only had 13 starts. Yeah, Richardson to me is more like similar to Josh Allen, just in like. Yeah. Had, you know, Josh Allen didn't even play that much. I think he had two seasons as a starter, Mm -hmm. which is more than Richardson, but like he was also never that good. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like the third class. I mean, it could, sure, like Mm -hmm. fringe second best in the last five years, but to me, it's like the third. Yeah. And I think it's probably better than 2018. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, ooh, better than 2018? I don't know. I. I I don't really remember like scouting like I didn't know what I was talking about in 2018 to be honest. Well, I'm just thinking because Lamar, Lamar and Josh Allen. Like I don't think I I don't think Josh Allen was a very good prospect. Sure. Um, like I think, I he think might he be was, on the same level. As I think Richardson. he's I think I think he's even worse than Richardson. Okay. Like, like even just, wor- and worse and wor- like he was I think he was an even worse college player. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I agree with that. Like, I know I'm, like, that sounds like I'm bashing Richardson, and I'm just saying, like, Richardson, as a college quarterback, just wasn't great. Sure. But projecting, I think he has, like, Richardson's a guy who's going to be better in the NFL than he was in college. Yeah. In my view. That's but, fair. But yeah, yeah. I think I would definitely agree that this class, better than last year's, probably worse than 2021. Um, Not probably, like. It is, yeah. It's worse than 2021, and maybe on par with 2020. Sure. If yeah, not, that feels maybe slightly worse. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of fun. I had a, I had a great sure. time talking yeah. about the quarterback class. I'll definitely be back. Yeah, for we'll sure. We'll have to maybe get a mock draft or something. Oh, yeah. We definitely got to do that. But Yeah. Yeah, quarterback class is super interesting this year. Um, 
But yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was exciting. If you want to see more content from me, uh, check out my website at thewiresports.com. You can follow me on Twitter and, and Instagram at the Ryan McCrary. That's the R Y A N M C C R A R Y. You can check out this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. But yeah, this was fun. Hope you all enjoyed this podcast episode, and I will see y'all next time. Peace.